Welcome everybody. Jack of No Trades here. Quick Oscars predictions pre-event show today for you. Taylor, what's going on, my man? I'm tired, dude, but I've I have an exciting week ahead of me. Very exciting. Your life's about to change, isn't it? It is. I am traveling across the pond and I'm going to Europe for the first time this week. Where are you headed? I am going to Paris. Barcelona and Rome. Wow. The shenanigans you're about to get into. Oh, yes. are, are you excited for anything? Are you, what are you what are you looking forward to most? I'm pumped for Rome. That was like first on my my list. Uh flying into Paris from the US, but that was only because it was a super good deal on the flight, but I've wanted to go to Rome for a very long time. So I'm I'm really excited wow. for that. You're going to be living out the Lizzie McGuire movie, dude. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I'm going with a guy friend and um, I'm like, this is kind of gay because we're going to some really romantic cities. So <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall in love on the way, dude. All right. <laughs> you know, you guys could get a couple of bikes and go out into the countryside and pick peaches. Dude, isn't that, isn't that the, the plot of Call Me By Your Name? <laughs> <laughs> it is. I haven't seen it, but hey. <laughs> So we're cheating on our boy Bill Mo. Bill Mo, we apologize formally. We had to record this uh, last minute and in a short time frame because old Teabag here has a busy life this week. So bad planning on our part, and sorry to the fans that we're not going to have our our best mu- movies contributor with us. So uh, we'll have him on soon. We apologize. Yes. We've seen some good movies recently. Uh, I know movie content is where we lean on this show, uh, but it's been there's been a lot to talk about. And Oscar season is really fun because we get a real formal setting to look and objectively kind of view these movies, and it's and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to go through them. Taylor, I'd also like to give a shout out to Movie Pass. Movie Pass is not sponsoring our podcast, but I'm sure Taylor will talk about movie pass at least 300 more times before this podcast movie is over. pass so. is the greatest deal ever <laughs> it's it will change your life if you don't know what it is just google movie pass moviepass.com yes yes taylor feels like the richest man on the earth because he's able to see one movie every day and he does not let anyone in his life forget about no, it no i have constantly I, I personally have converted over 10 people yeah and I don't. It's only because you're so damn annoying. About I am, it. dude. I will, you buy tickets to movies. Why don't you get a movie seriously? pass? Oh my well, gosh. Are you dumb or you gonna get with the program? I mean, that's it's it's common sense. Why wouldn't you do that? If you go to the movies once a month, it pays for itself. Yeah, it does. It does. It's a good deal. It's a good deal, especially if you're a moviegoer. Um, but hey, some of us, you know, don't like the commitment. And all of you, all so of you movie pass haters saying it's not viable, you can fuck off, okay? Like, oh wow, just just get out of here. Stop hating. It's gonna be the next. It's gonna. It's the Netflix of movies. That's what it is. So, well, it, yeah, it's an it's an industry that's dying, and this might be the last straw that breaks the back before they just go away completely. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> all right, but we're not here to talk about movie pass. We're going to talk about the movies Taylor saw using MoviePass. And that is why and how Taylor was able to see seven of the nine best pictures this year. Yep. I saw all of them except for Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird. I guess six out of nine. Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird, and Darkest Hour. But Darkest Hour Ooh. was a conscious choice not to see. So I, oh, I will how, see that. How so? I I knew what it was. I I'd seen it a million times. It's the classic Oscar bait biopic of a famous political figure. I mean, it's Lincoln, it's J Edgar Hoover, it's LBJ. Like there's so many of these things. And yes. I, I was I was like I'm done. I'm not falling into this. It's a snooze fest. It's something you go see with your grandma. I just It I, is. It's a perfect grandparent bonding movie. Is so yeah so, I didn't see it so before we get before we get too into the weeds here we're gonna go over the categories real quick just the top ones we're gonna say which one we like the best argue for it and then we'll say which one we think will win 
And I also, thanks to Entertainment Weekly, the magazine, which I was able to get because of some free spirit mile points that I had uh, after one flight, I'm able to tell you which movies they think has the best chance to win. Ooh. So if you're part of a uh, Oscars bracket and you're looking for a little advice on how to win your bracket, this is the podcast for you for these categories, all right? So we'll save Best Picture for the end because – Obviously, of course. But let's lead off with the acting categories. So the leading and supporting actors and actresses. This is a tricky thing to figure out because I feel like each performance these people have, it just kind of depends how you view the movie as a whole and then how you kind of frame it into like, did it work? Did it not work? Maybe you just didn't like the movie, so therefore the performance is tainted. It's kind of hard to choose sometimes when you say. Yeah. Absolutely, and I mean, I, I mean, typically the person who wins the acting gig, they typically, I feel like there's a connection between best picture, and the, and the actor and actress wins. Yeah, at least in my experience. Yeah, sure. We assume that if you have the best acting performance in a movie, that that clearly had to have elevated the movie as right. A whole. It's a a best so, picture sum of its parts, and acting's exactly. a big part. So. Exactly. So we'll get into it, starting with actor in a leading role. For this category, there's five. We have Timothy Chalamet from Call Me By Your Name. We both have not seen this movie. Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread. We've both seen this movie. Daniel Kaluuya, Get Out. We've both seen this as well. Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour. Haven't seen it. And Denzel Washington from Roman J. Israel Esquire. Esquire. <laughs> My man. Esquire. My man. <laughs> so go yeah. ahead, Tay. Who who are you giving the nod to based on what you know? Well who, who do you like the well, best? Can I say it like they already like predicted this one? Can can I say yeah. that first? I mean Go for it. Dive in whatever you want to say. I mean, Gary Oldman is far and away the, the leader right now, the front runner. Um But why? Why? Why does this get decided? Because he wore because he like, wore a fat suit and portrayed a real person. I mean, but why does wearing a fat suit make you a better actor? I'm sure he huffed and puffed and he delivered his lines just perfectly. Is Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman's a good actor. I don't know. I like. Is him. this one of those retroactive Oscars? Like it's for like you've had a good body yeah. of work. Here's your Oscar. Is that what this is? I, I mean, I think that's how I mean, Oscars have that, to work. That's what we saw. Don't they? That's what we saw with Leo in The Revenant. I mean, absolutely. He wasn't that great. I mean, it was just him being cold in the wilderness, <laughs> it's, <laughs> suffering, it's suffering, just getting beaten to submission. Brutal, yeah, brutal movie. But I mean, he's had better roles than that, and I think it was a retroactive Oscar. I, it's, I think that's that. Daniel Day Lewis was so good in Phantom Thread. He was so good. True. True. But he he's got too he's many. He's phenomenal, and that, and that's kind of his lane of being the best actor. Yeah. He won Best Actor for how many movies? He has four. He has three Best wow. Actor, one Supporting. There Will Be Blood, Lincoln. Uh, I think he won for Gangs in New York. Oh, yeah. I guess it's just kind of in his pedigree. It's like if he's showing up to do a movie, he's going to be near the top. Yeah. Which is which is fine. It base, if On the movies I saw, between Daniel Day and Daniel Kaluuya... I thought Daniel Day deserved it. And I thought Daniel Kaluuya's performance in Get Out was good, but I don't know what he did that was so, like, nuanced or difficult. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, the movie was short, so we didn't, so from a time perspective, it's not like we had a lot of time to really get to know him. He he essentially just reacted in a very polite and kind of subdued manner throughout the majority of the movie. He didn't really go into a lot of different peaks and valleys as far as the depths of his personality. Obviously, he went to the sunken place, which is the deepest of deeps. But I didn't see anything that was me going, wow, he is the one carrying this. It was kind of more the premise of the movie that captured me more than his performance. Is that too harsh? I agree. It wasn't – when I watched it, I wasn't like, man, this guy's so good. You know, it was like – it was the movie was interesting because I felt like any any guy could have been Daniel Kaluuya, which yeah, like he's a he's a normal dude, and that's how a normal dude would react, you know. Um, if you were at yeah. your girlfriend's, he cared himself family's very well. house. I mean, 
obviously I haven't, I haven't had an interracial relationship, so I don't know what that's like, but, um, I'm sure it's all, there's time. You're going to Europe, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I've, International interracial. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure it's That's awkward. And he he played being uncomfortable very well. But I no, he Daniel did. Day he became did. that guy. Uh, right. What was his first name? It was oh Reynolds Woodcock. That was his name. Reynolds Woodcock. <laughs> the guy ate so intensely, so vigorously. You didn't know where he was going to go at any moment. And that's just Daniel Day. He's the best. And it's one of those things. It's kind of like being LeBron James. It's like he should be the MVP every year. But you can't give him the MVP every year. That's boring. And I think that's Daniel Day in this one. Um, And then for Timothy or Timothy, whatever, whenever you're playing a conflicted gay person in a like coming of age story automatically that's like screaming to the art academy you know it's like, like when eddie redmayne won th- for dressing up the as rate. a girl right 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 <laughs> i mean it's kind of just screaming like you're in a very serious conflict there's a lot of emotions you're going through it's just kind of low-hanging fruit for the academy i feel like i haven't seen the movie so i'm speaking out of turn here but uh so I guess potentially he could get it. And then Denzel. I heard good things about his performance. I didn't hear great things about the movie, but I heard he was he was fine. So yeah. So we're we're gonna just assume Gary Oldman walking away with this one. Right? Yep. Okay. Moving on. Actor in a supporting role. Now this gets a little more interesting. I agree. Um you've seen four of the five actors here. Yeah, I haven't seen the Florida so, Project. Right. So we got William Defoe, which he's, I mean, he's a, he's a great actor. The Florida Project. Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards. Richard Jenkins from The Shape of Water. Christopher Plummer from All the Money in the World. And Sam Rockwell from also Three Billboards. Who are you leaning towards for you personally that you connected with the most? Um, of these... I'm going to go with Christopher Plummer from All the wow. Money in the World. Okay, then we've already talked about this. Christopher Plummer replaced Kevin Spacey in this movie. Yeah. And filmed all his shots in what, like two weeks or something? Yeah. So he, he really l- delivered on this movie, huh? Yeah. He He's only in probably about, he's only got about 15 minutes of screen time, I'd say. Probably 15 yeah. to 20 minutes. Uh-huh. But they are so powerful when when he's wow. on screen. Um, I was just I was really moved by his performance, um, but I mean, yeah, I heard he killed it. I mean, Sam Rockwell just did an excellent. Sam job. Rockwell is also one I could see winning. Um, he was really good in Three Billboards, um, a pretty complex character. So, um, mm-hmm. so here's my thought, and I'm, you're gonna hear this. I didn't connect with Three Billboards. I thought I would. I just. Whatever it was, totally, it, it just didn't land. I loved Woody Harrelson in that movie. I thought he was complex. He was funny. He was conflicted. He was dying of cancer. And his presence in that movie really brought all of the things going on into this like confluence that made sense and made the movie work. When he exited the movie, it fell apart. I thought the movie lost its structure. And and I wasn't able to see Christopher Plummer or William Dafoe, but I would give it to Woody first, personally. And then in second, I'd give it to Jenkins from The Shape of Water. I like that guy. I thought he was very real. He was a person that was trying to find his place. I think he had a lot of regret in his life, you know, supporting the lead carry of Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water. But he had a depth to him and a change within that movie that I thought brought humor, but it also brought some like livelihood. He was pretty and some pretty sympathetic. I thought absolutely he felt pretty absolutely pretty felt pretty bad for him. And he had a kind he heart. Like you could tell, he wanted good things for everyone in his life. And he just kind of felt like time had passed him by. And he kind of had a, a slight redemption through the the uh, the way things turned in that movie, which I really enjoyed. I didn't like Sam Rockwell at all. <laughs> I thought he was good. I thought he was a good actor. I just didn't like what he did in that movie. And I know that's kind of the point. It just, it, I don't know. I just didn't like it. Did, did you enjoy his kind of, 
I like, think it's his I think conflicted it's his, villain role he was in. I think it's his redemption arc that made his character so powerful. So he kind of, I mean, he didn't really, okay, spoilers everywhere. We're just going to start spoiling shit, so sorry. Um, he didn't really have a redemption other than he decided to join her side. I mean, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, he beat up probably a bad dude, but it wasn't her bad dude she was looking for, you know, the, the person that killed her daughter. Um, but they still decide just to go murder someone. I, like, it just doesn't feel like a real redemptive story to me. Well, I think his his motives changed, and he he let go of his prejudice and his hate. Is is what yeah. happened? I just and he he, he just felt I I don't know. He became altruistic when before he was completely selfish. Yeah, yeah. I for some reason I just I didn't like the way it played on screen. I see yeah. it. It just he felt so stupid, and then for him to kind of turn into what he did, I was kind of like, really? That was. I, just because of the note he received, I will say it's from difficult. Woody Harrelson. I don't know. It's difficult to play a character that this audience hates. Like it's hard to to act in such a way that the the audience just hates you and doesn't feel lukewarm towards you. So I give him I give him yeah. props for that because he's hated in the fr- the best actor first half of the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he so hated. The best character in that movie is Peter Dinklage <laughs> as her little like wannabe boyfriend. <laughs> He was hilarious in that movie. Yeah. Oh, that guy was great. So the Entertainment Weekly is slated to think that Sam Rockwell is going to win. He's most likely. Um, Christopher Plummer being least likely to win. So uh, if you had to put your money down, you going with... I'm going with Sam Rockwell. Sam? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he definitely will I win. I mean, I thought, I thought he was going to get nominated after I saw it. Um, so... He had, I mean, he has all the the things you would want, you know, and villains are way more interesting in these roles for the most part. Mm -hmm. So, and he's definitely a a bad dude and you're right. He does change and he does kind of get a little more compassionate, but the movie as a whole, I just, it didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on. Leading role as an actress. So I've seen all of these except for Meryl Streep, which I don't need to ever watch Meryl Streep in another movie, right? So between the two of us, I we've mean, seen them in. all. Because I haven't seen – I didn't see Lady Bird. Okay. So we got Sally Hawkins from The Shape of Water, who is a, a, a mute. She does not speak the whole movie. Um, she also has sex with a fish man. <laughs> we have Frances McDormand, <laughs> Three Billboards, Margot Robbie from I, Tonya, uh, Sasha Ronan from Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep. How do you say her first name? Sharsha? Sasha Ronan. That's how you say it? I mean, she probably says Sharsha. Yeah, that's how you say it. It's not Sours. I know. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> that's, see, like all the other movie podcasts, hearing them try and pronounce her name is the best. Sarsha? Sasha Ronan. Sasha Ronan. So I think I'm saying it right, but. She's not going to give you my case. She's not going to win, so who gives a shit? Okay, she's great though. She's good. She she pulls it off really well in Lady Bird. I thought she was a fantastic, believable teenage girl, senior girl, trying to come into herself. Another coming of age story. My pick, personally, for who should win leading role. Sorry, Meryl Streep, I haven't seen you. I'm sure it was great though. I think Sally Hawkins from The Shape of Water should win. That's who I really believe gave the most impactful performance because she made you feel things and she did it all physically through facial expressions from the way she attacked each and every scene, the way she moved across the screen. I thought she did a great job and she was extremely vulnerable. I mean, think about doing those freaking scenes with the fish guy. And masturbating on camera. I mean, she was, I mean, she really was a, it was a very raw performance and I thought she pulled off like her being an authentic person, like the, the hidden parts that usually isn't seen on uh, in a movie to the real outlandish parts that are, you know, usually shown off in a scene. Uh, this movie's really well made and I thought that she was kind of the glue that kept all the pieces working together because there's a lot of pieces in this movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with. Francis McDormand, three billboards. The cl- the clear front runner. I would be I would put all my money on her winning. She she was awesome in that movie. 
I mean, and people complain about a lack of strong female characters in film. Well, this movie helps remedy that a little bit. She is so good. She, she was just so good. She's funny. She's badass. She's tough. She's unrelenting. Um, she was. She was great. She was intense. She was very intense. She's scary. Her, her gaze, that stare she has, you know, she can just burn holes through you just looking at you. She's good. I, I, I would be shocked if she doesn't win, personally. So that's why, you know, I threw out Sally Hawkins as kind of like a dark horse contender based on just how she approached. What I mean, what did you think of her performance, Sally Hawkins? I thought she was great. I, I mean, she was my second. She's my second choice. Um, I mean, okay. acting a whole movie without speaking. Um, that's it's yeah. pretty impressive. And she's that was a lot. And she's likable, too. You know, she's absolutely. She had a mischievous playfulness about her yeah. that made for like she's an older lady, but she seemed just very young at heart. Yeah. The way she acted. Um Margaret Robbie was good too. It, she she was the best part of that movie. Maybe the only part of that movie that was like likable. Yeah. I mean, she she was really good. She was funny. I thought she she got the spirit of Tanya Harding pretty well. Um like she portrayed her. Did you know the story before of Tanya Harding? I wasn't super familiar with it before, but I I, I did some either. research after, and so did she or did she not know? What do you think? They played it off like she didn't know. I don't think she knew. I mean, but it's funny because there's so much misinformation with that story. Some people saying that she was the one who hit Nancy Kerrigan with the hammer. <laughs> so right. Um, That's what I thought. Yeah, I thought she did that between like a contest. Yeah, you're. I thought she was frustrated. And went back. Your and hit wife her. Natalie uh, told us that when we uh, when we were talking about the trailer a, f- a few months back. Before Spread the movie misinformation. Came out. Yeah. <laughs> so I was expecting. A daisy. I was expecting her to come in and bash Nancy's knee with a hammer, and it didn't happen. Um, but the hardest part of that movie for me was watching the abuse go on absolutely and that's that's where i was jaded by it all because the the domestic violence in that movie was so it was shot in a way that was very realistic i felt just how it could escalate from being everything's okay to everything's not okay it happened frequently and it would happen where someone would get hit or stabbed or just something horrific would happen and then the next beat it would be a joke like a straight up joke and it just the way the world is today and the tone of society, it just seemed not it didn't mesh well for me. I didn't I didn't love it. Yeah. And uh I will say on this list, I think Jessica Chastain got snubbed for Molly's game. Did she miss the cut? Did it did it come out in time? I, I don't get how I the, saw it before the time frame works. I saw it in twenty seventeen, so I don't know. But if but if it was eligible, okay. I think it got snubbed hard. Because she was good. She was good. She must have been on the fringe. For uh, she must have been just outside. She probably was top six or seven, if if uh, she they were eligible. She was great. She was really good. And I can't undersell freaking Sarsha Ronan in Lady Bird. She was really good. I I'm excited for when you see that movie, because she plays off being a teenager with so much enthusiasm and like just raw emotion that you kind of would be like. Yeah, I could see that. Like that, it came off very authentic, and it also was an uh, original character. She, you know, it wasn't based off anyone specifically. Yeah, Greta Gerwig loosely because she grew up in Sacramento, but not like her story or anything. Uh-huh. So, okay, all right. So, well, we'll see Francis McDormand up there with the the trophy. All right, this is the next one supporting role: Mary J. Blige, Mudbound. I haven't even seen a trailer for that. Sorry. Um, Alice and Janney, I, Tanya, which is, um, Tanya Harding's mother in the movie, uh, Leslie Mainfield from Phantom, Phantom Thread, which is, I believe, Alma. Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis's sister. Oh, it's the sister. It's not his wife. You're right. Yeah. Yep. So his sister. Oh, she was good. Uh, Laurie Metcalf, which is in Lady Bird, who is Sasha Ronan's mother, and October. Oct- Tavia Spencer, The Shape of Water. Who's uh, Sally Hawkins' Who, friend and cleaning buddy at the government facility. The voice. Yeah. 
the voice of Sally Hawkins in the movie. If you, I liked if you her. Will. So what do you got? <laughs> she was good. I yeah, very likable. Um, this was tough. Yeah. This was a really, really hard category. For me, for me, I'm split between Allison Janney and Leslie Manville. I th- okay. Because when I watched Itania, I was like, "All right, Allison Janney's gonna get an Oscar for this." But then I then I watched Phantom Thread yeah. after, and I was like, "I like this lady," you know, like, like yes. she was probably my favorite character in the whole movie. Dude, I hate stuffy British movies. <laughs> I hate them. Yeah. I fall asleep immediately the second you turn on Downton Abbey. I'm out the door. I'm gone. But this movie was every, it was all that it was stuffy English people, but it was so well made. And I guess I'm just like going off of Paul Thomas Anderson, but he deployed her so well in that movie, Leslie Manfield, because she was impactful. Every time she showed up, she had the perfect line, the perfect execution. She had a presence amongst the characters that both uh, Daniel Day's Lewis's character respected her, but there also was that very real tension between her and Alma, his love interest in the movie. She was freaking good. Here's you haven't seen Lady Bird, so this makes it hard for me. Allison Janney was great. She was really cruel. She was mean. Everything you kind of like to watch in like a, a a character, I guess, in the sense of like in that kind of sadistic way. But Laurie Metcalf was just perfect for Lady Bird in contrasting like a mother that was wanting what's best for her daughter versus what she could give her and how she wanted her to achieve her goals if that makes any sense and there's so there's this one scene at the airport where she's dropping her off at the airport and it's just a single take of her driving to leave the airport and then coming back once you see it you'll know what i'm talking about but the emotion she has the way she just kind of unfolds in that moment it's pretty amazing acting so I would personally root for her to win, but it's looking like Allison Janney, wouldn't you say? She's the clear front runner right now, isn't she? Yep. Yep. I'm hoping for an upset because I don't think she did enough as far as like a complex character to really earn the award. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, what does she – she doesn't ever change. No, not really. Like if we're looking for best impersonation of a character, like why didn't James Franco get a best actor? You know, because his Tommy Wiseau was perfect. <laughs> so if, it's, if you want to just go movie. off of a real high movie. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So we'll probably see Alice and Janney up there, but let's look for Lori, Lori Metcalf, maybe sneak in there. All right. We'll keep zipping along here. Best cinematography. We have Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk. Mudbound in the shape of water. Can we begin our Blade Runner gush yes. fest now? Bl- Tell me, has that movie stuck with you? We've talked about it already. That that movie was it. It like impacted me deeply, but like I didn't want to go see it again for a long time after I saw it because it was so much. It brought up. It brought yeah. up so many questions with no answers. And it was just this epic movie. Just so epic. And it, prettiest movie of 2017 visually. H- hands down. I'm with you. So I, I'd be surprised if it doesn't think about the Think about the lights, the color palettes, the environments they move through. Just the grimmest of grim and then like them going out to that, the, the desert. The vibrant colors in the desert insane and then that ending scene with all the water that must have been a nightmare to oh, film yeah. with the the cars kind of floating out there in the ocean i i just don't know how you don't win from the way they showed that and then with all the of continuity the with the original play to it was imp- so impressive there were so many layers to it and despite like how much was going on it wasn't predictable but then the way it was shot added so much value to the story. Like whether or not you figured out all the details of what everyone's talking about, you knew the world you yeah. were in. And it was because of the way that movie was shown. This is really hard for me to give it straight up because Dunkirk was shot in a way that I also think gave the movie it's like definition 
I mean, strapping the freaking IMAX cameras to those wings of the plane, unreal. Those those shots oh, yeah. they had, you know, it just added so much dr- did you, drama. You saw an to IMAX, those right? Dogfights. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah, it was it was amazing the wide shots, um, seeing all of that coastline, you know, all that. I got goosebumps in those wide angle shots they had up in the air, with them flying out over. It felt like you were there. It felt as real as real could be. And and to go from the air, the sea, in the land, in that kind of seamless way that only Nolan could pull it off, he he probably. I honestly think Dunkirk will probably win for cinematography. Yeah. But I would I would love it if Blade Runner. I'd be did. happy with either. So. Yeah. Blade Runner, I think, did more, but I'll be happy with Dunkirk. All right. Let's skip over to original yep. screenplay. Let's skip adapted screenplay. I don't even know what that really means. I know it's pulling it from a, like, source material, right? But mm-hmm. let's, let's not dive into that. We'll just go original. So we've seen all of these movies. Actually, you haven't seen Lady Bird. So we got The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards. So from an original story, which did you feel from what you saw was the most original? I am torn between Get Out and The Shape of Water. Okay. All right. Give me the case for The Shape of Water. Um The Shape of Water is a it's a twist on a on a the classic monster film, right? Where the where the hero's uh-huh. trying to save everyone from the monster and or whatever so this has flipped it to where the the normal established protagonist is the antagonist and the normal antagonist is the protagonist so we're supposed to root for the fish man um uh-huh. and first off uh a, mo- a movie that involves banging a fish i mean <laughs> it's pretty uh <laughs> it's pretty original <laughs> i was watching I mean, it's a Cold War movie. It's got everything in it. I love the, uh, it, I love the honest trailer videos on YouTube. Um, so they did the yeah. Oscars, and they're like, they're like, is I this gonna it. get called the fish banging movie? It's good, <laughs> and then they just go the fish banging movie. Um, <laughs> How is it not the fish banging movie all... though? Like, what do you remember outside that? I remember a lot of old like fifties and forties style music. It yeah. was a good. It was a, in that dancing. It was a set good time piece. piece. You know, I thought it was interesting that they sure. placed it in the '60s. You know, a lot of layers. Was it the '60s? I thought it was like the well, late '40s. Was yeah, it? dude, you can look it up. We might need to look it up. I might, I might be challenging on that one. I think it might be '50s or late '40s. But uh, you're right. I mean, Michael Shannon's character is the American dream living, ex-war type. That is clearly the villain, and I actually thought he was a better villain than Sam Rockwell. I thought he, if a supporting actor, he should have got a supporting actor. Him and his, him and his for cheap what he candy. Did in this movie. <laughs> That's right. I'm saying he had so many little nuances to his character that was so fun. You know, like between his weapon of choice, that little zap cattle prod yeah. thing, his candy. I, I love. The, getting the car yeah, busted up. I love up. how dark and mysterious he is, like at the government facility. Then you come home, you see his perfect cookie cutter family. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this little yeah. kid. This little boy little, wanting to little, hang out with him and him little, just hating it. It seems like Bobby wanted to watch Bonanza. Like, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. I, I don't know. I lo- it's, like, it's really good. Um, I think Get Out is going to win. Uh, Entertainment Weekly saying that Three Billboards is most likely to win for the story. I I have to be honest. I don't know if I know a story like Three Billboards, as far as the way the plot goes and what you know actually happens on screen. I definitely haven't seen anything like that before. So from that perspective, it's definitely a fresh type of movie. But I think Get Out has so much like it's resonated with people on a level that I think will carry over into the awards uh-huh. ceremony. Um, I mean, Lady Bird, it's, it's good, but it's just, you know, a girl going through, you know, her senior year and deciding who she wants coming to be. Of, coming of age movie. That. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it is. And the big sick of personal favorite, great movie. I just don't think it has enough depth to actually push one of these movies out. So 
I think, honestly, I think Get Out's going to win. And if it's not Get Out, it might be... I'm, I'm going to say Shape of Water first. I'm going to say I don't believe you, Entertainment Weekly. What do you think? I th- I think Three Billboards has a good shot. I think it's between those three. Okay. Sorry, okay. we can't be better uh, Fair better predictors. <laughs> this is tough. This is th- that's a tough category. All right, let's get to the real heavy hitters now. We have the best director and best picture. So for best director, we have Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan. Get Out, Jordan Peele, Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig, Fan with Thread, Paul Thomas Anderson, and The Shape of Water, Guillermo Dale. A lot of heavy hitters. Yes. Who's uh, who's front runner according to Entertainment Weekly? Guillermo Del Toro. And Shape of Water has the most nominations with 11 across the 24 categories. So, I mean... I think that leans heavy in its favor to both for him to win Best Director and for it to win Best Picture. Because as we said, it's a sum of its parts, right? So if people are assuming that across all these parts that there's 11 nominations, something went right. But when you were watching this movie, did you feel like it was a Best Picture? No, I I didn't. Like five years from now, you look back and you go, yeah. Shape of Water should have won that year. Like that's one of those movies that will be like, yeah, that's a that's a good win. That's a best picture movie. I don't know. I don't know the rewatchability of it. That's that's so what what should the best picture be to you? Like it it should it be a movie with longevity? Should it be a movie that captures the year and like where we are as a culture and like what we like or what we aspire to be or what we're scared of? I think it's longevity. Um I think it's a movie that's going to stand the test of time. That, that our kids are gonna watch. Um, that's how I want it to be. I want it to be like we're inducting a classic into the archive. Like this is a, this is a movie we're gonna pull out and say this is the movie that defines us this year, and it's gonna def- be something we want to define us in the. Coming yeah, I years. mean, it may not be the most like progressive or, or, you know, like political or or whatever, but I mean. It should be a movie that when we look back in time, we say, we guarantee this movie's good and you're going to like it, you know? And I feel like the the Academy... Should we like it or should it be a movie we sh- you uh, should I guess, watch? Because uh, okay. there's movies that That's you should true. watch versus That's what true. you a movie like, should watch. Right? I, mean, I mean, Schindler's List is a movie that... You gotta watch it. It's probably, <laughs> probably something you should watch, but probably something you don't like watching. <laughs> Uh, you're yeah you're a dark person if you like watching yeah. schindler's list um you can't even spin that movie to but be i mean fun. there's so many like the artist in 2011 does is anyone yeah. watching that anymore year. no they're not no. i mean no. the academy gets it wrong sometimes in my opinion i think it should be a movie that lasts the test of time okay i for me the shape of water it was kind of a love story to uh, some of the things you were talking about with the music and the culture of the, you know, post World War II, the Cold War, all of those themes and love and being an alien in a new place, like all of these themes are all mixed in there. Yeah, and it's a real comprehensive movie, and I think it works. I just don't want it to win. Yeah. <laughs> like the freaking moment where they come out and dance to that, like whatever song they put on, you know, where they have the musical number and it's all kind of fictional. Do yeah, you know what I'm talking about? With it, when it's her and yeah, the, the, the fish? Yeah. I was like, this is going to be the best picture? That's what I was kept thinking. I was like, this is our best picture here. Even though I like the movie as a whole, I just, like, I couldn't believe this could be the one movie that we end up Question. With. What are the odds that they mess up the envelope again? <laughs> I'm going to say, if you got to choose between... It's going to happen or not going to happen. You better choose not going to happen. All right. I can't imagine a world where they let that happen again. It never happened before. Dude, it, who's hosting? I is it Kimmel? Can't is it Kimmel it again? again? Kimmel again. Dude, yeah. he's got a rough. Uh, he's got a rough. It's gonna be tr- yeah, he's got to handle this correctly. I don't envy yeah. him. <laughs> 
Yeah. Just all else fails, talk shit on Trump. That'll yeah. work. <laughs> or hand out like Girl that. Scout cookies again. So the, so let's get to the – sorry, I, I took you off topic. So we got Guillermo as the, the front runner. I personally would love to see Paul Thomas Anderson get a win. I think he's body of work. Has he had it. one? He didn't win. He hasn't. He's been nominated, but he's never won. So this would essentially be his like – I'm not going to say he wouldn't deserve it with Phantom Thread. Retroactive but Oscar? It might not be his. <laughs> exactly. It might not be his strongest work to win. Entertainment Weekly has him as the least likely to win. Who's number two? Is it uh, Christopher Nolan? Christopher Nolan. And he's personally the one I'm rooting for the most. I I think he's another retroactive winner. This shows off everything he can do with a movie. Yes, it is a little convoluted with the timing. But let's be real. That movie works because of his direction. In the editing. I mean. Exactly. The editing is fantastic. Everything, ab- everything about it, like from top to bottom. He made a movie that's an art movie. And other people have said this. It's an art movie, but with a blockbuster budget. And in that shows his ability as a director to really make something great. With all of these random little pieces, but it's all because of his direction that it all works. I mean, think about it. There's really not a lead character in this movie. Yeah. It's just a bunch of randos and some people that are a little more respected. I mean, you got Tom Hardy in the plane. You got Killian Murphy, you know, stranded on the boat and Mark Rylance and, you know, all these people that kind of come and go. But it's all because of him moving everything along and changing the direction from here to there to back it here and up and down and, you know. That ability of his really shows off what he can yeah, do. And, and I also think that Nolan gets snubbed sometimes because people actually go and watch his movies. And so... Yep. Yeah, I it's mean, popular, he, right? He, Populist he, Yeah, he makes, he makes quality films that everyone goes and sees. I mean, Shape of Water wasn't a high-grossing film. Phantom Thread wasn't a high-grossing film. Lady Bird wasn't a high-grossing film. Get Out and Dunkirk were both... A lot of people saw those movies, and Get Out was actually the most profitable yep. movie of 2017, mainly because of its small budget. But um, Dunkirk, Dunkirk yeah. was also in the top ten for uh, for box office. So, if I'm choosing, I would pick Dunkirk, then Get Out, then Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, then Dang. Lady Bird. That's what I would pick. Lady Bird was good. Greta Gerwig was fine. But essentially, she just placed people on the screen and said, okay, this is what I want you to do. Try and do it. And they kind of just freestyled into a lot of those scenes, I think. Um, could you make a case for Get Out to win? He's third third place on the Entertainment Weekly. Could Jordan Peele be a dark horse to win? Yeah, I mean, because that was kind of his brainchild. You know, and who uh-huh. knows? I don't think that movie works without his direction because his, his comedic background... Um, came into right. a play there in his his love of horror and fusing the two um so so yeah i i think he's he's got a shot and i mean making that good of a movie on such a small budget is pretty impressive it is it is we'll see what happens i think get out people i think think it could do better than it's projected so we'll see what happens all right let's get to the this is the toughest one, man. This was I really racked my well, brain. There's, there's for the so best many picture. nominees, dude. There's so many nominees, and they're so different from each other. You know the type of movies we're talking about here. That I honestly had a really hard time thinking about what I'd actually want to win at this point. And like we said, like from for our criteria of like what movie we want to pull out of the vault to show people years from today, what would that movie be from this list? I don't really know. So just tell me, what do you think? The the nominees for Best Picture were Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards, and Ebbing, outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Okay, so just... Which movie are you take? Disclaimer, neither of us have seen Call Me By Your Name, but I don't think that's even close to the front and probably doesn't have a shot. I, I know the plot, and I, I'm positive I wouldn't have picked it, so yeah, I'm Yeah, I mean, in Entertainment Weekly and... The betting rings, they probably don't have that even close to the... It's its fifth. Call Me By Your Name is fifth. Yeah. So, 
I think I'm going to go with three billboards. Okay. And for you, what is it that's lasting about it that you'd want it to be the the best picture? I think it's an original story. Um, it's very character-driven. It has a lot of political and social commentary involved. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's thought provoking. So so I I think it's it's got a good shot. I mean, that's kind of what they look for in best picture movies. Okay. So for me, it came down to two. And it was choosing between Dunkirk and Get Out. Uh for the reasons I said before, Dunkirk I thought was just a masterpiece in the way it was edited. It's not even close to my favorite Nolan movie, like not even on the spectrum, but I thought that the movie did a good job of scaring me. It did a good job of like making me excited and thinking about like what it would be like if I was in those situation with those people in the various contexts that they were in. And it was just interesting enough with the timelines that you were thinking the whole way through because if that was a very linear movie, it actually would have been pretty yeah. boring, I think. And so people don't like that he plays with time so much, but I I thought ultimately it actually adds a a layer of intri- like intrigue to it. But get out, I feel like for the criteria we talk about is the movie that defines 2017. Yeah. And it it was original. It came out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. It was released in February. And the fact that it's still being thought about and talked about says a lot. And what's the it, last horror film to win Best Picture? I mean, Silence I, of the Lambs is kind I of horror. Know. So, yeah. but it's not even like it's not even like that. You know, it's not really a horror movie. Get Out's you know? a horror film. It's more. It's it's more of a thriller than I would say a horror. I'd call it movie. horror. I think you it, know? I think horror fans would put it. I just in the horror it. genre. I think it's more of a drama, a thriller drama type movie. Because, because honestly, like yes, there's the serial killer involved in Hannibal Lecter, but those are more like psychological pieces in this puzzle than like a monster. You know, like you know, creating a you know, cutting heads open and and making these kind of like imaginary and surreal. That sounds like a horror, horror movie. Type that sounds scenarios. like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I, no, no, I'm uh, talking about I'm talking about Get yeah, Out. I know. I would disagree. Agree to disagree. So, yeah. So I guess there hasn't been a lot of representation for that kind of film. And this is just where kind of we are. I mean, people are thinking a lot about race and how both races relate to each other. It, it had points of humor. It it was interesting. the The first watch through, it really you really don't know where it's going. Yeah. The whole way. Like, you know things are up. Obviously, things are up. And they they want you to think things are up the whole time. But you don't have a clue exactly how things are going to play out. Which is a great, huge indication to me that it's a movie that is both worth your time and also worth praise. Because so many movies we watch, we know exactly where they're going. And honestly, like, Three Billboards, I wasn't surprised where that movie ended. I thought the whole time nothing's going to happen, but we're just going to kind of see these people thrash around and see where they end up. Same with The Shape of Water. It was like you knew it was going to be a love story from when it started. Uh-huh. You know, like everything was kind of in its beat. So for what movie really surprised me and really intrigued me, I think Get Out was there and Phantom Thread was there. But Phantom Thread, I just it just didn't do enough to probably be a best picture. So I would I would probably go with Get Out. If I have to really choose, I'd go Get Out and then Dunkirk. So that's what you want or is that what you think will win? Oh, what I think will win, I think The Shape of Water will win. Yeah, I could see that too. And if not The Shape of Water, I think Three Billboards. I think you got one of those two. Yeah, I'd I'd be cool with Get Out or Dunkirk winning too. Um I don't think Dunkirk will win, but I don't either. No, nope. yeah. we'll have to wait for. Well, yes, we'll, we'll see what happens on Sunday. One. So everybody's got a little bit of a primer here. You should know some of these characters a little better. Uh, this this freaking Oscars are so damn long though. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like a three hour plus show. Yeah. I didn't even make it to the end. 
last year. A lot, I missed the big moment. A lot, I choked. A lot of good Oscar nominee movies this year. Pretty pretty good selection. Pretty yeah. varied. Yeah. A lot of a lot of variation. It's fun. It was fun seeing most of them. Freaking whoever wrote that comment about us not seeing the movies, it really put a fire under our butts to get out there and watch a lot yeah, of these movies. We're actually so informed this year. So a little more informed. Next year, let's go for a hundred percent watch rate. We'll, what do you we'll, say? We'll, we'll, we'll hit see them all. Nine. We'll go to the biopic, even though we don't want to. <laughs> we'll go to the biopic. We'll go to the bicycle banging movie we'll, next time. We'll go see right? Quinnipatich or whatever. Uh, Ooh, what was it, that? The that movie that comes out in a few months with uh, Ed Helms and whoever about. The, oh, okay. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, say yeah. it's like Quinnipatich or something. What? Whatever. Talk about. Yeah. We'll see them all. Uh, if you haven't, if you need a movie to go see right now, Annihilation, freaking blow your mind. Loved it. I'm still thinking about it. I actually loved it more the day after than after I walked out of the theater. So go see that. And you said Game Night's Game funny, Night's right? Game Night's good. Take the significant other to that one. It's it's a All solid right. comedy, and its cinematography is way better than it should be. Like it has no, <laughs> like, no reason to be as good as it is. So, damn, going tomorrow. Yeah. Can't wait. It's a fun movie. All right, T. Be safe in Europe. Don't do anything you will regret. And if you do regret it, leave it Maybe there. I'll, all right. Uh, share some of my adventures on the pod when I get back. We'll have to get an adventures from T. Maybe you should come a little shtick you'll do over there. You know, something to like. Re- uh, you'll go out there, you'll do it, and you'll come back and report it to the podcast. What do you yeah. say? Just let me know what you want me to do. All right, I'll figure it out, and then we'll let you know. All right, everybody, enjoy your weekend. Happy Oscar watching. May your brackets be perfectly picked. Win your win your we'll office see pool. Next time, do it for us. Win your office pool. You can do it. All right, until next time, we'll see you. We're out. <laughs>